that verse. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from the destructions. How did he heal them? Through his word, right? How did he deliver them? Through his word. Can, can someone get delivered from alcoholism? How would they get delivered? Through his word, right? That's how God would deliver someone, through his word. All of it's through his word. The power's in his word. And see, that's what we've been focusing on for several weeks, emphasizing the word of God, not just as the word of God as a whole. We should all appreciate the word of God. We should, uh, as we taught little children, love our Bibles, you know, and have them. But is it good enough just to have your Bible on a shelf, you know? You can have all that power, all that, that ability to heal, to deliver, to set free, to, to do so many things in our life, and, and it's there. You know, many of us have one or may have several, you know. I mean, you may have one in every room, but it won't do any good if it's not in you, right? It's got to get in you. And that's been our, the emphasis of what we've been talking about is getting the word in in us getting the seed of the word of god that's what the bible says the word of god is seed everybody say seed now seed is useless unless what unless it is sown right unless it's put in good soil the seed just lies dormant it doesn't do anything many too many christians have the word of god the seed just lying dormant They have all they need to be healed, all they need to be healthy, all they need to be prosperous, right there. All the deliverance they need to fix every little issue in their life and cause you to be victorious, to be successful in life. And yet, it's lying dormant because they're not sowing it in their heart. And see, it's not enough for you just to know the Word. You've got to get the Word down in your heart. And that takes effort. That takes work, does it not? It does. Remember we talked about those kids who did homework, you know, and they would get good grades. Well, they did some work, didn't they? They put some effort into it, but, but many believers don't really put a lot of effort into it. I really do believe if they understood the power, if they understood the impact it would have on their life, then they would. Remember the thing I was telling you over and over and over, and I hope you memorize this. Our response to God's words determines how our life turns out. Let me say it again. Our response to His word determines how our life turns out. In other words, it's on you. He gave you His word. He gave you everything. He gave you you teachers. He gave pastors. He gave up all kinds of ability to receive the word of God. But we still got to get it in us. We still got to do our part. And if we do that, we'll see the results in our life. It will produce. How much, how many know what's the purpose of seed? To harvest. To harvest, to produce, to give us something, right? That's the purpose of the Word of God, to produce in your life. That's the purpose. Remember, God said that He sends His Word out in Isaiah 55, that His Word is sent out. And it's sent out with the power to accomplish what it was sent to do. And it will not return to God empty. It will not come back doing nothing. It accomplishes what it was sent to do. Well, God's word in your mouth is the same. God's word didn't lose any power. So when you put God's word in your mouth, what are you doing? You're sowing seeds, right? And you want to see the results from that. Amen? You know, I I was thinking of this. I heard someone else say it the other day, and I thought, I never thought about it that way. But you remember the story where Jesus talks about building our life on the Word of God and being a doer of His Word? And He said, those who hear His Word and do His Word are those who build their life, the foundation, on a what? A rock, right? And those who, who hear His Word but don't really do it, they don't really act on anything, they don't really make it important in their life, um, they don't do the word, what are they building their life on, their, their foundation on? Sand, right? And now, Jesus said, the storms of life are going to come. How many know the storms of your life are going to come? No matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter who you are, the storms of life, the challenges of life are going to come at you. The question is, is the foundation that you built your life on on sand or is it on rock? If it's on rock, it's going to come out okay. You're going to be fine. 
You might even be better for it because you grew and were challenged and you developed. But if it's built on sand, what's going to happen? It's going to wipe it out. It's going to wipe it out. Now, let me ask you a question. What is easier to do, to build a foundation with sand or to build a foundation with rock? I'm going to agree, sand would be easier. be easier to move. I'm going to agree. Let's go get some rocks and we'll find out. Because some of you are like, I don't know. Because you didn't answer the question. How many believe that it would be easier to build a foundation with sand than rock? There's still some of you not sure. I think we need a, an illustration, don't we? We need to go outside and let you move some sand real quick in a couple of, you know, a couple of moves and try to pick up a big old rock. The rock is harder, right? Now, building our life on the Word of being a doer of Word was what Jesus correlated to the rocks. He correlated to a better foundation. In other words, there's more work involved. There's more work involved. If you're going to be a hearer of the Word and a doer, if you're going to make the Word of God very important to you, are you going to put more work into it than someone who just kind of casually hears and that's about it? Am am I right? There's more work involved. Everybody say work. It's not a bad word. It's not evil, you know. I mean, the, the fact is, is that if we'll put more effort into the Word of God, we'll see more results from the Word of God. That's what we're saying. That's what the Bible's saying. If you want to build your life to where it can withstand any storm, it can withstand any challenge that life can bring, that you can thrive and flourish and develop, you're going to have to go which way? You're going to have to be a hearer of the Word and a doer. And as we've been talking about, are there different levels of hearing? right? There's different levels of hearing. And so I don't want to get too far into review. I want to jump in because I really want to finish this section today. And so I want you to go with me. You can look in your Bibles or you can look on the screen. And we're going to jump in again to what Jesus was talking about in the parable of the sower or the sower sows the word. And I I want to skip right into Jesus's explanation of the story. All right. So Mark chapter four beginning with verse 14. The sower sows the word. So what's the seed? The word. Everybody say the word. Or the words of God. The words of God. Am I speaking the word of God now? Right? We just quoted it. So what are we doing right now? We're sowing the word. Now, how is it being received on the other end? Your end. Your hearing. Right? You're hearing. Everybody say hearing. And that's how it begins to get in your heart. All right? Because we want to put the seed of the Word of God in the soil of your heart. So, again, verse 14. The sower sows the Word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear. Again, everybody say hear. This is so important. When they hear. When they hear. So we're talking about a certain group of people. When they hear. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Immediately, he grabs it. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. So we're talking about a separate group, right? Stony ground, and he says, who, when they hear the word. So what is all this about? It's about hearing the word. It's about hearing the word. And so when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these, another group, are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Again, it's talking about hearing the word. They hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word. See, they choke the word. The Word. What was being spoken? The Word. What was the seed being sown? The Word. Okay, so we're talking about, all we're talking about is, I know I I say it over and over, hearing the Word. Hearing the Word. And it says here, and it becomes unfruitful. But these, this is the ones we all want to be, are sown on good ground. Those who hear the Word, but notice there's something else added to it. Those who hear the Word, accept it, and bear fruit. In other words, what's the purpose of seed? 
to produce, right? To give a harvest. That's the purpose of the seed. In other words, the seed is fulfilled through the harvest, right? Doing what it was designed to do. The Word of God is designed to produce. It's designed to harvest in the life of the hearer of the Word of God. All right? I'm telling you guys, the answer to so many challenges and problems in your life are right here. Those who hear the Word accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, we've gone over this, and I want to mention it real quick. The seed is the Word, right? The soil is what? It is the... What? No. The soil is the what, Larry? The heart. All right? Say, the soil is the heart. The soil is the heart of man. What is the heart of man? The inner part of man, the spirit of man, okay? Remember, you are a spirit, right? That's made in the image of God. You have a soul, that's your mind, your will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. It's your heart. The Word of God is not hitting your flesh. (laughs) The Word of God is impacting your soul through your spirit. It is being impacted because your hearing is part of that. But the fact is, is that your spirit is where we ultimately want the Word of God to be. Remember, what did Jesus say the Word of God was? He said the Word of God is spirit and life. Spirit and life. So in other words, the words of God are spirit and life to our spirit. We're to grow by the milk of the Word of God, our spirit. Everything is about the Word of God. The Word of God is everything to the believer. The problem is we're not exactly taught that way. We're taught to appreciate the word. We're taught to read our Bibles and pray every day and you'll what? Thank you. Most of you don't know. Does anybody not know that song? Read your Bible. Oh my gosh, Lisa, we're going to do that. Okay? Because this is a song we teach kids this big. All right? Read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Man, all right. <laughs> we're we're going to go we're going to start a Bible school and we're starting off in toddler age. Okay. All right. So again, Jesus told us that Satan is after what? He's after the word of God and what is the word? The seed, all right? What is he why does he want the seed? Because if he can grab the seed before it takes root, can't produce, right? He doesn't want God. You need to get hold of this. Satan does not want the Word of God in your heart because he knows once it gets in your heart, there's nothing he can do about it. It's going to produce. It's going to harvest. Then you're going to go brag about it. And then other people are going to want it. And you're going to make them hungry. And once you get a hold of this and it starts working in your life, you want more. And you want more. Well, his days are numbered in your life. He can't impact you much anymore. So what does he do? He works overtime. Isn't it obvious that Satan works so hard to keep people from hearing what? The word. He does not want them hearing the word. And what? Now, he doesn't mind them going somewhere that they go like this. Put your hand up like this. All right. Patty cake. Patty cake. All right. He, you know... He, if, they, if they can go somewhere and all they talk is fluff and they read the newspaper more than the Word of God, he's all for it. <laughs> He'll say to fill up a church that's just not really, really, really sowing the Word of God. Why? Because he'd rather be them busy there and just being religious and going through the motions than actually having the Word of God hit them, right? Well, here, what are you hearing? The Word of God hitting you and you have to make a decision you have to decide what am i going to do with that word am i going to receive it am i going to act like i didn't hear it am i going to change am i going to what am i going to do with that right well he works hard it's evident we got about five families today again evident all over the place you guys have invited people but it's hard to seem to get them in why they talk oh yeah i'll come yeah i'll do that but then the devil works on them What we need to do is more praying about just stopping the devil right in his tracks. Amen? Getting angels to harass people. Go to that church. Go to that church. Go to that church. They dream it. They think it. 
The, the last thing is, the same seed was sown to everyone, right? Everyone, Jesus was talking to a group of people, a large group, and he was sharing with them, and he, he was literally sharing what we're talking about, and he was saying that the same seed was sown to everyone. They all heard the same thing, yet only one out of every four actually did something with the Word of God. In other words, one out of four were excellent hearers. They were hearers that took it to a whole nother level. And that needs to be us. We need to understand this is real. That this is, you're here right now hearing the word of God and you have to make a decision. What am I going to do with what I'm hearing and how I'm going to hear? How I'm going to value that and take it into my life and do something with it? Or am I just going to hear it and all that was good and so on and then you just leave in the affairs of life, just choke it right out. Or it gets stolen before you leave the parking lot. You have to make a decision. Or you can receive the word, you're all happy, you're excited, but then some tough things happen and you get distracted and, and that word ends up getting choked out. Or you quit because it got hard. Or you can see it through and see that word of God producing you a hundred times, sixty times, thirty times. It, what is seed designed to do? Produce a harvest what we want to do is see it through and it all comes down listen carefully it all comes down to how you everybody say me how you hear the word it all comes down to that hearing the word so let's look at each one real quickly each area last week i believe we did look at the wayside but let's just go over it again mark chapter 4 verse 15 and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. In other words, they barely made it out the door. <laughs> they might even be in the room hearing it and Satan's picking it off as it's being sown. Why? Well, because maybe they came, but they only came out of obligation. They came to hear, they came to church, but they didn't really come to receive. They didn't really come to learn. They, they just came because that's what you're supposed to do. It's Sunday morning and I'm a Christian. And so they kind of go through the motions. Then the whole time they're struggling to stay awake or they're thinking about um, other things they have to get done or whatever is going on. And the seed, of the, the, the seed is it's just like being cast out and just kind of bouncing off the top of the soil. It would be like I said last week, it'd be like me going outside and there was a bunch of birds, let's say, on the power lines and I go out and I throw some seed out. What are those birds going to immediately do? They're going to swoop down and take it. Why? Because it's ripe pickings, man. I mean, the seed's right on the surface. It didn't do anything yet. It didn't have time to do anything. It didn't get in there. All that comes down to what Jesus is saying is hearing. Everybody say hearing. In other words, the seed is still on the surface and easy for Satan to take it away. They, it's just right there. He maybe stirs up a fight real quick or distracts you. or he, you know, he, It's amazing to me how many uh, bad things can happen when you hear a good thing. And you need to realize part of it's just life. Don't give Satan that much credit. Some of you just blame the devil for every little minor thing that comes down the pike. You're giving him way too much credit. All right, He's, he, he didn't cause every little minor thing. But I guarantee you, if you start getting excited about the Word and serious about it, He's going to start getting involved in your life. Why? He wants to challenge the Word. He's going to challenge that Word, which we'll get more into. But the Bible says this, again, as I mentioned earlier, we should desire, everybody say desire. Desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. What does milk do for babies? It nourishes them. It literally gives them everything they need to grow healthy. That's the word of God to you and me. We need to understand, just like in the natural, every one of you are going to go get a bite to eat afterwards, right? I mean, you're, you're, why? Because your body needs it. It needs fuel. Your spirit needs fuel. And it's the word of God. That's the fuel. And you can't substitute it with anything else. It has to be the word. Listen to me. Every time we have the opportunity to hear the Word of God, we should prepare our hearts to receive. Sometimes 
you'll notice life just attacks you. You ever have one of those days? Everything goes wrong. <laughs> I mean, try to be a preacher. Like on a, it doesn't happen too much on a Sunday because how much can happen on a Sunday morning, you know? But you'd be surprised. I've had things start three in the morning and just cave in all the way through it. But I, I, Wednesdays has always been um, uh, usually a fairly easygoing day because I got most of the day to go over my message and you know pray, just kind of stir myself up. And there might be other things that need to get done, but I, I have most of the day. And um, but there are times where that doesn't happen. There are times where it seems like like hell opened up. Ten demons came out, and they're all harassing me at the same time. Everything's gone wrong. Everything that you can think of has gone wrong. And I'm thinking, i got to preach in six hours. And I mean, nothing is going right. I haven't even had a chance to look at my notes. I haven't done anything with it. Because, again, storms of life come, right? But if I fill myself up with the Word of God on a regular basis then I can go to the Lord and I can say, Lord, I need some help here. <laughs> you know and I know what happened today. I need your help. Sometimes I get some of the best messages when I haven't done anything and I just trusted the Holy Ghost. Now, I can't live my life that way, okay? Neither can you. You can't say, well, the Lord understands. I'm busy. No, you don't understand how important it is. How important it is. Just like, again, your car needs fuel every time. How many of you guys, you don't gamble with it, do you? You know the car needs fuel. If I don't put fuel in the car, what happens? Dunk, 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 dunk. You know, they don't even do like they used to. Remember, on an old Ford, you could get it to spit and sputter and and do some things a long time ago. But with the newer stuff, I guess it just it's dead. <laughs> I mean, it just sucks every last little drop, I guess, out of it, and it's dead. You know. But the fact is, you know. In life, I have to do certain things to fuel what needs to be fueled. But yet, spiritually, which is far more important than anything in this natural world, we seem to dismiss it. And that doesn't make any sense. We need the Word of God. Amen? All right, stony ground. Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, again, when they hear the Word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time afterward. I mean, uh, only, do, only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, notice that, for the word's sake, the word's sake, immediately they stumble. What I'm saying here, the word's sake, Satan is going to come to challenge the word of God in your life. The Word is going to cause some of this in your life. Why? Because you chose the Word and the devil's after the Word. Normal life, of course, is going to challenge us. Opportunities to be offended are going to come after you've started getting into the Word or because of the Word. I mean, literally, to be offended at someone or to have those type of challenges, walking in love. In other words, pressure is going to come against the Word of God. Let me give you an example of this person. This is a person who receives the word and they get all excited about it. Ever been there? Sure you have. I mean, you've got something, maybe you heard a really good preacher and he's preaching the word of God and you're just, ugh. I mean, on the inside, it just, it doesn't maybe happen every time, but there are those times and you're just hearing it and you're getting excited about it. Maybe they're talking about something that you realize could change your life and set you free or maybe it's about prosperity for the first time or maybe about healing for the first time and you're getting that and you're like, oh, I am, oh man, and you're eating it up. And you decide, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start acting on that. But then all of a sudden, this challenge happens, and this challenge, and this challenge. For example, maybe the first time in your life you grew up in a, in a background that never had enough. And there was, maybe they were always broke or always running the edge. And you began to hear your first message on prosperity, and it was about tithing. And the minister shared with you the word of God that the windows of heaven will open in your life. And the, the, right? And the, the, the blessings will come down. And you, what, what, what does the Bible say? You can't contain them. They're overflowing. And you're, you're reading that and you're hearing that thinking, man, that sounds good to me. What a deal. Isn't tithing a deal? How many would agree tithing's a deal? God created everything and then lets you make money off of it. And all he asks for is 10% back. That's a deal, guys. 
being he gave you everything to begin with. And with the 10%, he said, I'll make, I'll make the rest of it act like more than 100%. And anyway, the, the blessings of God will come in your life and, and you, you hear these things and think, man, that is good. And you realize I won't be broke anymore. I'm a tither. Bless God. I mean, and so you begin to tithe that first time and you're all excited about it. And then you get home and the roof leaks. A couple days later, car breaks down. And then at the end of the week, you get noticed, no, you're not getting your annual raise. In fact, they might even take it down some. And you're like, ah! I mean, I thought tithing was supposed to cause all these blessings. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know about that. I, and so you begin to waver and begin to doubt. And, and the devil's hassling you night and day. And finally, you say, I, I guess tithing doesn't work for me. And so you give up. You let go. Basically, what this person did is, they did sow the seed of the Word of God in their heart. The, the Word was in there. And it began to work. Okay, it began to do some things, but what did they do? They dug it up before it had a chance to do anything. They quit. Everybody say quit. And it was they quit. The pressures of life came and they they quit. They let go of it. Listen, this person tried the word. You can't try the word. You do the word. There's a big difference. If you go into it trying something, you're setting yourself up for what? Failure. Because the devil's going to push and he knows they're trying and I'm going to push back hard and they're going to quit. And then he's like, on to the next thing. And see, you have to make a decision, I am not quitting. Everybody watch Rocky? All right? What was the one thing they couldn't get the guy to do? Quit! I mean, he's pulverized. (laughs) And he keeps on getting back up. That's the way you need to be. The only way you lose the fight is what? If you stay down, if you quit. You need to make the decision, I will not quit. I will not. I will see this through to the end. Devil, there's nothing you can do. And, and you better be prepared. What I mean is, don't, don't go naive thinking, oh, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm full of the word of God. The devil cannot touch me. He cannot do anything. And, and you're setting yourself up for failure because he's going to come slap you right where you're weak right where you know you'd have a challenge and setting you up again. Hopefully you'll just quit. You'll just let go. You have to make the determination and dig down deep. I will not quit. I will see this through. Again, what is the purpose of seed? To have a harvest, right? To produce, to produce. The Word of God is set to produce in your life, but again, is it up to the Lord or is it up to the hearer? It's up to the hearer. It's up to the hearer. What are they going to do with it? The fact is, you have to build roots. You need to remind yourself that God is faithful to His Word. The question you need to ask yourself is, <laughs> am I faithful and committed to His Word? It's not a question if God is faithful to His Word. The question is, how faithful are you and committed to His Word? The Word of God, again, must have absolute authority You must highly value the Word in your life. It's the most important thing in your life. That's setting you up again to produce. Now let's look at the third one, the soil surrounded by thorns. Mark 4, verses 18 and 19. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word. Again, we're talking about hearing the Word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the Word and it becomes unfruitful. I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, y'all should be taking notes. Or at least write it on a bulletin, something. Write this down. Whatever you are willing to compromise, you will ultimately lose. Whatever you are willing to compromise, you'll ultimately lose. Whatever you're willing to compromise in your life, you think about some of the things that you compromise on you'll ultimately lose it in your life. If you compromise on your time with the Lord, it's going to impact you in a very negative way. If you, if you compromise your ethics, if you compromise your morals, if you compromise any particular thing, whatever you compromise, um, you're ultimately going to lose that in your life. And the devil will see to it because your compromise shows what? Weakness. Your compromise shows weakness. And he sees that. I mean, the, I mean, every single one of us guys, listen, 
Satan himself is not directly involved with any of you. <laughs> but there are uh, spiritual beings, if you will, that have been following you probably most of your life, and they know a lot about you. They know your characteristics. They know your behaviors. How many believe that God sees everything? All right? Now, how many believe angels see everything? All right? There's angels around us right now. You might not be able to see them, but they're watching us. How many believe, though, there are also negative spiritual beings that can see everything? It's the same thing. And so we need to understand, if I were a smart little demon, I'd be taking notes. If I was going to go ahead and take someone down, I'd be observing their behaviors and their patterns and so on. Why do you think the devil's so good at what he does with man? He's been messing around with us for 6,000 years. He kind of knows us pretty good. He know, he's, he's aware of our behaviors, our patterns. He's not doing anything new. Remember the Bible says nothing new under the sun. In other words, man is still man, and the same things that took Adam down still take us down. Think about it. What was Adam having a hang-up over? He had a hang-up over his belly. He had a hang-up over his eyes. Pride, right? I mean, think about Eve. Did God really say? Think about those things. Those are the exact same tools he uses today. What's the first thing Adam did? She made me do it. <laughs> it's the woman you gave me. Is anything changed? No, nothing's changed. It's the same tactics. It's the same thing. Just a little bit sharper. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit smoother because times have changed. But the same, same tactics. Listen, this person hears the word, and I believe they go to another level with it. I believe the word begins to germinate. That seed begins to germinate in their life. They're fairly serious about hearing the word and acting on it. And they begin to see some of the blessings of God come um, in their life because they've uh, done their part. And they're seeing some of the fruit. Not the full fruit, but they're seeing some things happen in their life. And sometimes when they begin to prosper, they begin to see some of this, they begin to get their eyes off of the Word and on to the prosperity. They begin to get their eyes off on other things, the deceitfulness of riches. In other words, they begin to, they just simply got their eyes off the Word and and their fellowship with the Lord, and their focus on there, and their focus is on natural things. The all, also, you have what? You have the deceitfulness of riches. You have the, the cares for other things. You have or the cares of this world or the desires for other things. In other words, it doesn't matter what the thing is. It doesn't matter. What should be the most important thing in your life? The Word of God. The fellowship uh, through the Word of God, with the Son, with the Father, through the Holy Spirit. That should be the main thing. What did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and His way of living and doing. And then all the things that you need, all the things that you desire, what does it say? Will come to you. But keep your eyes first things first. You focus your life. Instead, what do we become? We become distracted by the things or the cares of life. And some of the cares of life, we can say, are very valid. They're very good things, you know? How many believe we should pay our bills on time? How many believe we should, you know, work? And not beg, right? We should, there are things we should do. We should take care of our homes. We should, there's all kinds of things in life. But how many of you know the devil will give you every excuse in the book and he will make it look like it is the slickest thing or it's an honest thing to get you either out of church or to get you away from the Word of God and fellowshipping with him. And, and whatever he finds works in your life, it's different for all of us. Every single one of us, it's different. But where he finds that weakness, that distraction, he will overload it on you. I guess what I'm trying to say is, listen, it begins a lot of times with the daily affairs of life. Family demands, household chores, maybe a hobby activity, maybe some personal time. And all these things begin to add up and they grow 
and all of a sudden you find yourself making excuses for not getting in the Word of God. And you're calling them valid. I have to spend time with my husband. I, 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 I don't have time to read ten minutes. I just want to let that sink in. I, I, I got to mow the lawn. I got to do this. I got to feed this. I got to do this. I, I don't have 10 minutes for the word. Notice, I didn't say half an hour. I didn't say an hour. How, many, how, many, how long did I say? 10 minutes. And see, we can come up with an excuse that wouldn't allow one minute. One minute or five minutes. Or t- I'm not talking about hours, guys. I told you last week, wouldn't it be a lot easier to find three 10-minute sessions in a day than maybe one full half hour? I know that you could find little bits, but see, the fact is, is that the devil will use this in our life. Listen to me, Satan is the master of distraction. He knows He's slick, he's smart in that, and he will find you excuse after excuse after excuse if you let him. And see, we all need to be aware of that, conscious of that, that I have to make that extra effort. It's like coming to church faithfully, you know, um, and it starts with just something simple like that, just like on a Sunday morning. And somebody makes the decision, they know they need to come. They know they need to hear the word. They know they need to fellowship. But they maybe weren't taught or didn't come consistently. So they make the decision, that's what I'm going to start doing. And so they even think about it maybe Saturday night. You know, They might be thinking, I've got to go to church tomorrow. I've got to go to church tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, this happens, that happens, this happens, that happens. And, and all of a sudden, Sunday morning comes, well... You know, there's a lot to do, and I can't neglect that. Or, you deserve a break today. Roll over. You, come on now. I mean, see, he will give you whatever works for you, and you'll just, you'll be thought after thought after thought. Now, here's the deal. He never really stops altogether, because I still get it. There are times I roll over on a Sunday morning, and I want to just roll right over, you know. I just, man, don't I ever get a break? And I mean, Sunday is my job, practically. I mean, and I'm thinking, don't I ever, you know, get a chance to miss on a Sunday? And, you know, I mean, he, he'll, he'll beat on me. In fact, I have done this on my vacations the best I can that I don't miss Sundays. I went to Hawaii, and I preached on Sunday and was back the next Sunday. Most people are really surprised. Man, I thought you'd be gone a little bit longer. You'd miss. I mean, after all, didn't you have jet lag when you came back? Yeah, but the word's more important. The word's more important. Now, I knew I might have jet lag. That's why I had him preach, you know? (laughs) And why I did that was because it would make it easier on me. But I want to miss church. I don't want to miss the word. And see, I make it a priority in my life. I really do make it a priority. I don't want to miss, you know? I mean, as, as much as possible, in any situation, I do my best. Why? The word's important. But don't you think for one moment the devil isn't in my head. Well, why don't you just take an extra weekend? After all, they won't get mad at you. They love you. I mean, no one's going to get upset. The problem is that if I'm unfaithful like that on a consistent basis, then what's going to happen in your life? Well, the devil will say, well, the preacher... I mean, he misses on Sunday, and so that make it easier on me. So you lead by example. <laughs> Amen? And you know what? It is tough sometimes. It is tough to do those kind of things. It is tough. I'm not going to lie, but it's still, I'm choosing the better route. And God, I've seen God's blessing in my life proves it. I've seen it in my life over and over and over. Put the word first place. Listen to me. The distractions of life, it doesn't matter what they are. If they're getting between you and God, they're a problem. That's it. That's all that you got to say about it. Let's jump to good ground. You ready? Let's hit the good stuff. This is what we all want. Mark 4.20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Everybody say good ground. Now, what is good ground? That's what we want to see. What is good ground? Because what is good ground in this? It's fruit-producing soil, right? It's harvest-producing soil. Those who, everybody say, hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Let's do it again. Hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Say it again. Hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. 
So that's the process, right? I hear the word, I accept the word, and I bear fruit. I don't bear fruit in between, right? I hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. That's the order. In other words, that's the difference between this person. Remember, what is this all about? It's all about what? Hearing, right? All about hearing. It's all about how attentive I am and what I am doing. Remember, what did I say over and over? Our response to God's Word. That's hearing it. Our response to God's Word. Our response to God's Word. I want you to get that. The hearing part will ultimately lay down where my life is going. So how I hear the Word. How, how important is it? Am I acting on it? Am I doing it? All right, Or am I just hearing it and goes right over? We want that seed producing in our life. I want to point something out. This person in good ground, this one out of four, the one that produced, Satan attempted to steal the word in their life. The storms of life came. The challenges of life, family, work, time to enjoy life, handling finances, all the same problems hit this person too. Was the same seed sown to everyone? Right? This person went through the same difficulties, the same challenges, the same uh, family issues like everybody else. But they made a decision that was different than everybody else. They heard the word and accepted it. The word accepted in action means to receive or take. In other words, they, when they heard the word, they didn't just sit there, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. What's for dinner? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I'm going to mow the lawn tomorrow. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, they, you know what they did? Saturday night before church, they prepared. They got their clothes out. They're ready to go. Why? Why do I want my clothes already? Because something could go wrong Sunday morning. So why not be prepared? When, when I had kids, all the little kids at home, oh, that was a big deal. And I don't know how many people have had excuse. Oh, I can't go to church Sunday morning. I got these kids. I mean, they're, you, do you know what it's like to get wrangled up three kids on Sunday morning? Probably not any different than Monday when they go to school. Anyway... See, I didn't go for those excuses. What Lisa and I did, Saturday night was bath time. And we cleaned them up, and the girls had their dresses or whatever, their shoes. I mean, every little thing. Ben, everything he needed was right there. So when Sunday morning came around, yeah, we had to be a bear sometimes. Come on, get up. You know, let's go. But actually, they enjoyed most of the time doing it, you know. But there was always that challenge. You know, Allison giving us a hard time because her shoes weren't exactly perfect. She was a freak about that. I mean, tying them had to be exactly even. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, but my point is, we had challenges like every parent, but we didn't consider not going. My kids were raised doing it. It was normal life every single week. After a while, just like committing to go to church, doesn't the devil begin to start to leave you alone? He begins to... Let it go because he realizes you're committed and why would he waste his time focused on that area? But how do you get past that? You do it. Everybody say do it. You just do it. You shut up and do it. And quit allowing excuses to be the reason why you don't do something. You just do it. You just do it. You just be faithful. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, if we could get the church world as faithful as they are to work, we'd have filled churches and they'd all be there on time. Because they don't act that way going to work. Right? I mean, they don't walk in 10 minutes late and sit down. I mean, doing that number. No, they're sharp, they're ready, but they go to church that way. <laughs> okay, everybody say this. The pastor loves me. All right. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, you know, the fact is, is we make other things important. Make the word important. Amen? Make church important. Praise God. Show God that He's number one. So they accepted the Word. This is what they did. This person puts God's Word first before everything else in life. Before themselves. Before their opinion. Before everything. Everything. In other words, this is. I want you to listen closely to this because the Lord reminded me of this this morning. 
He said this, this person, they focus on hearing the word with the intention of acting on the word. You know, there's a big difference between someone coming to a meeting hearing the word of God to hear the word of God than there is someone coming, I'm, I'm hearing it with the preparation of doing it. So I'm listening closely. I, I have every intention of doing what you're talking about in the Word of God. There's a big, big difference. I mean, you really have to turn up the notch of paying attention, focusing. That's the person who says, man, I didn't hear everything, so I'm going to order the CD, or I'm going to download the message, and I'm going to listen to it a couple times. I'm going to take my Bible when I get a chance, and I'm actually going to go through little by little to see if what they said was the truth. That's somebody going a whole other level. How many of you believe you shouldn't just take everything I say word for word as gospel? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Now, I would never intentionally deceive or hurt or anything like that, but I'm not perfect either, okay? I'm not perfect. But the reality is is that most people are that way. If they find a good teacher, they're just mouth wide open, and they'll just take anything that is given to them. You should challenge it. You should look in the Word of God, especially if something scratches you wrong, or maybe it really hits you strong. Like we preach a message that really hits home inside you. You need to go further with that message. You need to listen to that a couple more times. You need to dig deeper because that is God dealing with you in that particular area. Seriously. But the fact is, Again, is there more work in a doer than there is just a hearer? There's more work on the doer part. The heart of a person with good fertile soil is a person who lives a lifestyle that puts the Word of God first. They practice doing the Word. In other words, listen to me carefully. They literally live by every Word of God. They live by the Word of God. If the Word of God ever shows them something that maybe they're not doing or they need to adjust, then they seek God and adjust it. They make the changes. They want to hear God's Word for the purpose of doing it. For the purpose of doing it. And it is in the doing that there's the blessing. In the doing, remember, in the hearing and accepting of the Word of God, taking it into your life and making it personal and acting and doing what the Word says, that what? It produces in your life. What does Proverbs 4 say? If we obey Proverbs 4 when it comes to that, the prescription I'm talking about, verses 20, 21, 22 in Proverbs 4, that you pay attention to what His Word is. Remember, you incline your ear you think about it, you meditate on it, you're confessing it, that word, those words will become life to you and health to all your flesh. But again, it isn't just hearing it that's going to make a difference in your life. You have to take it a step further, literally live it. You have to be serious about hearing and acting on His Word. So I'm encouraging all of us this morning, make a decision to be a doer of the Word of God. Determined to put His Word first place in your life and not just by words only. Live it. Do it. And start out easy. Oh, say, I'm going to, Pastor, you're right. The Lord's been dealing with me and I'm going to give an hour and a half every single day to reading the Bible and praying. If you have only been doing zero <laughs> or maybe a few minutes, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Okay? Why? Because why don't you... That's, that's too much because life's going to happen and you're going to trip up a couple times. What about what I said earlier? What about finding a couple of times a day 10 minutes at a shot? Or maybe stretching to three times a day at 10 minutes. And I mean, that 10 minutes, you spend some time praying. And even if it's just six minutes in the Word of God, whatever you're reading, you're reading you're meditating, you're, you're making notes, you, you are in it and absolutely removing distraction. If you'll do that a few times a day, you'll discover the Spirit of God will work on it. You'll want more. You will want more, and it will turn into more. But the fact is, do something. I'm challenging you. Don't just hear this message and let it go, because remember, I've said it over and over, listen closely, our response to God's words determines the way our life turns out. How many of you want some things to change in your life? Remember, how did God heal them and set them free? He sent His words. 
He sent words. His word. Jesus said that man cannot live by bread alone. You can't live by just natural means or the natural world. Man is a spirit, and man requires the word of God. The word of God is everything to us the word of god will heal you the word of god will set you free the word of god will prosper you the word of god will give you peace the word of god will give you a better marriage the word of god will help every single thing in your life and allow you to bear fruit why do i want to bear fruit in life why do i want to bear much fruit because i give glory to the father in the name of the lord jesus by bearing much fruit your life should bear fruit and that is glorifying god not just talking a game not just saying oh lord i glorify you no glorify him with your life and your words amen let him see that change let him do great things in your life but it all comes down to this as i close it all comes down to how you hear his words how important his words are how you value his words i asked you these words just a few weeks ago a few things just to think about How important is the Word of God to me? Is God's Word the ultimate authority in my life? I mean, if I had to choose and make a decision between anything and God's Word, do I always go God's Word? Or do sometimes, well, I don't know. There are people I know that are Christian. Listen, guys, there are people that I know that are Christians that just say, well, I know God's Word says that, but this is just the way I believe it. You ever met anybody like that? That's just the way I believe it. Man, I don't ever want to be that way ever i always want to go god's way how many know god knows best amen he wants the best for your life praise god what type of soil is your heart by how you hear the word of god what priorities do i need to change in my life to make hearing the word of god top priority you need to ask yourself what's in my life and the order of my life that maybe i can change or that i can do that would allow me to hear the word more amen And if you'll do that and you will act on the word, guys, I'm telling you, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in others that actually do it. It will change the things that you've seen in your life to have been unchangeable. And every one of us have some area in our life that we seem, we cannot seem to get over. We cannot seem to fix that area. We cannot, no matter how we trade, no matter how we prayed, no matter what we've done, that won't change. The word will change it. The word will change that thing. But you have to let the word work. You have to do your part.